Hi guys, this is Carrie, Fullerton Professional Organizing, and I have some information for you from Tiffany Basslingame. Uh, she is the owner of Simple Organization, um, and she's got some really interesting information on organization strategies for student success. Um, I Let's see, she says, her specialty as an organizer is student organizing. Because of that, she started her business organization uh, and to help busy adults and families go from chaos to calm by developing organization and productivity habits for homework and school. Um, I think that is super, super interesting. Now, she used to be a teacher. Let me see. She, she was an educator for more than 20 years, a teacher, and a school administrator. And just really have seen so many different families, so many different kids with different gifts and talents. So that's uh, where she's coming from. And I thought she had some really great information. And since I used to also be a teacher, uh, this, I thought this was really good to share with you guys. Um, now, of course, I can't share every single word that she said because it is already going to be very, very long. But she talks about broken crayons still color. She says, no matter there's still purpose. There is still some use in your life or in that thing. It's what keeps the mo uh, me motivated to keep going. Because she really cares about kids in every um, situation of their life. Um, why is organizing challenging for your child? Uh, so she says that one question she gets asked. It's not just your child and two, know that there's not just one reason. She says homework. There's homework, there are projects, there are essays, there are presentations, and then there's just the start and stop time of school and then all of the extracurricular things that we have our kids doing. That is why it's so hard because there's so many things that are having to be done with school and after school. She says time concept is abstract and a lot of kids don't have a good concept of time anymore because they just look at a digital clock um, and we don't use those anatomical clocks, if I said it right, anymore. Uh, so. That's one of the things that she feels like kids need to learn. They don't actually experience the passage of time the way that you can when you are using an analog clock. Sorry, analog clock. You know, the clock that has the face on it with the numbers that go around in a circle. You know, used to, you used to be able to see when 10 minutes was up and etc. Um, and the digital clocks are just so instant that they don't really pay attention to that anymore. So 
one of the things that's missing is helping kids to experience and to actually feel the passage of time. Like how long is five minutes? Having to watch that second hand and then that minute hand move around actually allows them to feel what time really is. Um, and then she also mentions uh, the same with calendars. It helps you see um, the days, especially if you're using the calendar. She says, and so we have to help our students, help our kids to understand better how to limit distractions and how to use technology and make it work for them. Calendars being able to use them to tell from month to month or from day to day what they what actually looks and feels like. Uh, and then she talks a little bit about sleep deprivation is is something is a thing. Sleep deprivation is huge in our kids, and part of that is like we said before the start and stop time of school. A lot of that is also what we put on their calendars for extracurricular activities or things that we want them to be involved in and not really understanding. And I agree with this. I think kids are really overly, um, they have way too many activities. And then parents have way too many activities. If they have more than one child, they've got to drive all over town after school every day. You know, it, to me, I don't, it's a little overwhelming. I, when I'm, my kids were younger, I let them each have one extracurricular activity. Now, if you super duper love that and you and your kids have a handle on it and it's not stressing you out and it's not stressing your kids out, I have seen families thrive in those situations and I think it's great for those that are that can thrive in that, but I couldn't. Um, we just had our kids in one activity at a time, and I didn't like driving them all over town all year, every year. So, um, you know, understanding the importance of just prioritizing and doing one thing at a time um, is important. Now, and, um, sorry guys, I'm kind of, I have all my notes here, but it's, it's just kind of hard to, uh, when I keep looking up and then skipping around here, but, um, the understanding the importance of just prioritizing and doing one thing at a time and so allowing them to have space on their calendar to actually sleep and reset their brain so that they are better able to function and to use what we call these executive function skills. Uh, now, the brain. The brain has a prefrontal cortex that's where your executive function skills are. Those skills that involve you planning, organizing, uh, managing your time, managing your impulses, regulating your emotions, all of that happens there in the prefrontal cortex of your brain. So understanding a little bit of how your brain works is also 
uh, very helpful um, because um, let's say you have ADHD or something similar to that, um, it'll help you rework the around it because some of those uh, challenges in our brain they're not uh, they're not horrible things. Sometimes they can work to your benefit if you know that it's there and you know how to rework it and reframe things. Okay, and then there's the piece also in your brain where you have all of your knowledge, right? And so organization, time management doesn't discriminate with your knowledge and what you know. Those are two separate things because you have the frontal and then you have the part that holds all your knowledge. So you have things that you know, you have your cognitive abilities, but then you also have the cognitive behaviors and your reactions to things. And so what you want to do is you want to strengthen and support those executive function skills so that you're able to access and fully demonstrate the knowledge that you have. So the, the, that all works together. Being organized and planning things out in a time and calendar way. <laughs> I don't know how to, else to explain it. By using your calendar and your planner and your clock uh, and knowing how time goes by. And we're talking about children. We're not talking about you grown-ups that already have a concept of this. We're talking about children as they're growing up, having a better concept of time and having a better concept of their calendar and using their uh, planning part of their brain and their knowledge part of the brain to work together as a team. And as a parent, you're coaching them in this and kind of helping them put those pieces together to make a more cohesive uh, homework school life, okay? Um, so that's what we're talking about here. Um, so let me say this again. So what you want to do is you want to strengthen and support those executive function skills so that you're able to access and fully demonstrate the knowledge that you have. Um, now, and then you see a little line between, now I don't have a visual on this, but there's the uh, frontal lobe and then the knowledge. And then in between, there's a little space there. Um, and you'll see the little space there in the middle is, and you have ADHD there, but this could be ADHD. It could be dyslexia. It could, this could be students on the spectrum. This could be anxiety. There's lots of different other areas that sometimes affect our kids' brains and, uh, their, and their executive function skills. Now, those students are, who are neurodiverse, they have some learning differences, not difficulties, differences or some challenges around attention and learning, then it can be even more difficult to really get an understanding of their strengths and growth areas around executive function skills and what to do about it. 
And so we're going to talk about it in general, the things that we could do for all kids. Now, this, what we're talking about, what Tiffany is talking about in this will help all students, no matter whether you have ADHD, dyslexia, anxiety, this is something that, and it will probably help all adults too, but since this is directed towards students and children and parents helping students and children or teachers helping students, um, that's why the language is the way it is because that's where it's directed from. But this could help everyone. Um, so, um, now starting with elementary students. Elementary students, these type skills give the, uh, ask like, get are like getting things tidy. These are things that kids should be able to do as elementary kids, doing chores, taking things back and forth to school, completing work, doing a simple project, keeping track of what's happening with their daily schedule. Like Mondays, we go to PE. Wednesdays, we go to the library. Thursdays, I have soccer practice, right? They can kind of um, can keep up with that and to learn to self-regulate that, okay? Those are things that elementary kids can do in the classroom, so they should be able to do that all the time. And so these kids who are struggling a little bit with organization and time management, you may see some things look different. You may see where you need to, where you need to do a lot of redirection a lot of support, a lot of rephrasing, repeating yourself, but even kids who do not have some struggles with executive function still need the support and the coaching from you as parents so that and teachers so that they can be able to understand how to use their brain to get all of these things done. Now, middle school students all of the above that I mentioned, plus they have to be able to help out around the house. So they may have some assigned chores, but they also may have some other type of responsibilities that they recognize needs to happen at home. They should be able to have a system for organizing their schoolwork. So where does the work go when it comes home? How do I know to turn it into the teacher? Am I using an online platform? What does all of this look like? These are all things that students um, go through. Now, homeschool student may be a little bit different. Homeschool student uh, taking things back and forth, you know, they don't need to do that, but they should be able to follow that their schedule. They should be able to carry out long-term projects and break those projects down so that they know when things are due and how they would have to wait until the last, they won't have to wait till the last minute to get things done. Now, self-regulate. And then also it, it relates to self-regulation and impulsivity, being able to follow rules even without an authority figure there. 
So even without a parent, even without teachers standing at the top of the stairwell, they should be able to follow those rules. And so that's what that looks like for a middle school student. All right, now the high school student. For a high school student, it's still all of the above, but it looks like taking care of their own personal needs. Deodorant, washing their face, knowing when they need a haircut. They could also be washing their own clothes, changing their clothes and not wearing the same thing every day. Managing multiple projects at a time. So not just one long-term projects, um, but maybe a couple of short-term projects and a couple of long-term projects and being able to know when things are going to keep, uh, knowing when things are, uh, due to keep up with that. Now I'm going to skip some of what she's saying, but they also need to understand, to follow rules, that they understand how to deal with consequences when that happens, when they do not follow the rules. They need to learn uh, about consequences. Um, this is more about the neoscience behind organization and time management for students. So we're going to share uh, top three tips tips based on the neuroscience and uh, based and what we know about kids and executive function. I'm going to give you my top three tips for organizing at home. So this is what Tiffany suggests is to create a routine. Now we've been talking about that just as me being a professional organizer. Uh, a lot of us organizers talk about routines quite a bit, routines and habits. The first one is to create a routine. One of uh, the is your morning routine begins at night. And so starting in the evenings, have what you call a, now she calls it a go pad. Some people call it a, um, a drop off pad, uh, but a place where you drop the things that need to leave the house the next day, okay? A go pad or a go station. It should also have a calendar because the calendar is something that um, you can look at on your way out the door to see what needs to be done. But, um, but of course, you should probably, every person should probably carry a calendar with them either on their phone or a paper calendar to keep up with assignments. But let's go back. She says a go pad or a go station because I find myself always saying when we don't do our nighttime routine and it's time to go get your stuff, it's time to go, it's time to go. So that's why she named it the ghost station. But she suggests getting a basket. Now you can get a real, I mean, this is my opinion, get a real pretty basket with a lid that um, is pretty and it goes with your decor in the living room. Or it may be not a lid. But anyway, she suggests a laundry basket. I say get something kind of pretty or maybe a, a cat cabinet. I'm not sure. 
Uh, a laundry basket is an example of a small basket. It can have everything that needs to go out the next day. Now, I have also seen um, getting uh, just a bag that hangs on the back of the doorknob. And these are the things that you can't forget when you're leaving the house and they're in that, in that bag. Um, but whatever works for you, you know, and your aesthetics, use that. Um, so you would put homework is already put up in the backpack, then the basketball, the baseball practice. Uh, what do you need in your purse? You know, you may want to put your purse there. There's a workout, yoga, um, you know, whatever needs to, everything needs to be there to go. If you're going out, out of the house, out to go. So at the end of the day, make sure that things are set up to go out of the door in the morning. You could even have a charge station there, especially when we're going to talk about setting limits around technology. You know, we'll get there when we talk about sleep. Once the school day is over, you make sure that things are wiped down, put things back, where the pencils go, where the pens go, you're going to tidy up. The very next day, you're going to just open up your computer or get out your workbook or whatever it is and get started for the next day. So that is a really good practice to start. Um, now, creating a routine with sticky notes. You also may create a routine of making a note on a sticky note of something that you want to make sure that you do first. Now, this is a really, she's got some really good ideas around this. If you are working with a younger student, you might say, tell me what's the first thing that you plan on doing in the morning. Um, the one thing or the one thing you don't want to forget for school tomorrow. And then you can write it on a sticky note and put it there on your workstation. So that is jogging their memory for in the morning time, then setting limits around technology. Now, you also need to minimize distractions. So we all know that technology works and it works well. But we have to have a way to minimize those distractions. And so if a child is working virtually and they don't need to have their phone with them or any extra devices, there's another place where the technology can be. The device can be until they actually need to work with it. You know, you don't want them trying to do their schoolwork and looking at texts on their phone and getting distracted by their phone. We talk about sleep deprivation, too. Maybe their phone needs to be in another room um, at the go station, charging overnight. Um, we talk about sleep deprivation, and so maybe sleeping with the phone in the room is not a good idea. Maybe you can, you want to have it charging somewhere else. Maybe you want to put it in your room for charging or near the go pad for the next day, depending on how responsible your child is. Maybe you just need to be across the room. Maybe you just needed to be across the room. But whatever that looks like, you set those limits and talk to your family about what those limits would be 
then create a routine. You have to be consistent with it so that they understand and develop a habit of doing those things. All right. Um, teacher space. Teachers usually have spaces in their classroom for where everything goes. Binders, uh, art supplies, everything has a space. And teachers expect their students to put those things back where they go, even if they take them home and come back to school the next day. So kids know where to come and get certain materials, those type of things. That's the same thing idea for uh, at home. We need to know that if the students are capable of doing that in the classroom and at school, they're also capable of doing that at home. Now, homework and study check-ins. Homework and study check-ins I recommend for your elementary and middle school students. If they have homework, well, I, I suggest for your high school students too, if, um, if they're not being responsible, then this is something that you need to do. Um, set a timer and allow them to do their homework as independently as possible, especially for students second grade through 12th grade. They can have some independent homework time. Now, maybe it's right after dinner, after homework has been done, we all took a break, we have dinner, we did a few other things, and now we need to go to the student information system, whatever the online system that the school may be using, where you can check homework. Let's make sure we take the assignments and put them where they belong. And then this is the start of getting the GoPad together. Uh, now, how to help your child. Now, what happens if you knew there were four assignments in their assignment check-in, homework check-in, and you notice they didn't get one of them done. What do you do next? That's why you're having to check in. This is not a got you moment. Um, you want to help them have be as successful as possible. So carving out some time for to sit down daily and, uh, you know, be the responsible parent by looking up the assignments. You have this independent time to work. My hope is that you get it all done. But if not, instead of going to play or playing on the computer or doing whatever you do after homework, now you have to go back and finish this assignment that you forgot to do. So you really do have to check, do the assignment check-ins in a timely manner so that if they did not finish an assignment, that you have a good handle on getting them to, to do that before they can have any uh, downtime. So uh, we have this extra hour before we start getting ready for bed. So you'll be doing your missed assignment. Logical consequences for helping them to be successful and it allows them to begin to take responsibility. Now, keeping your child in the game. Homework, let me just put it in the bag for them. No, if they leave out their homework, you need to tell them to put that away. So 
you are doing what I call keeping your child in the game. You're working as a coach for your child and making sure that they're getting everything that they need to be successful, but also having to be responsible and to work a little independently. You're not doing this stuff for them. Eventually, if you stay, you constantly coach them on their habits, constantly coach them on their responsibilities and coach them and coach them and coach them. Um, it may seem like nagging, but eventually these things will develop into habits and routines and they'll be able to do them on their own. And in the front end, it is really tedious and it takes up a lot of parents' time. But when, the, now this is me speaking from a teacher. I, and I, and I have to admit, I taught four-year-olds. But if a um, four-year-old constantly picked their nose and ate their boogers, okay? Let's say they had a habit of picking their nose and eating their boogers. Well, for me, that was kind of gross. I didn't like that. I didn't like other kids seeing it. So what I did was I never got on to them. I never got mad at them. I never did anything. But the but I kept sending them. We had a sink in our, our classroom, so that made it easier. Maybe, at, you know, um, an, uh, in the classroom, it would be some uh, a wipey. And at home, of course, you know, you, you'll know what to do at home because you have sinks at home. But... All these little bad habits, like picking your nose and eating your boogers, I just kept sending them to the sink to wash their hands. So if they did it 50 times in a day, they were washing their hands 50 times a day. Eventually, guess what they did? They stopped picking their nose and eating their boogers because they were so tired of stopping what they were doing to go wash their hands every time. Those are the consequences. And when you keep it up and keep it up and keep it up, they eventually learn good habits from that. I never said anything out loud. No student ever knew why I was sending them to wash their hands other than the child that I was sending eventually probably figured it out. But I, I never brought it up in class. It was never a public display, just so you know. But it taught them that, oh, shoot, every time I pick my nose, she's going to have me wash my hands, so I need to stop. Um, so those are how you, and as a teacher, teaching them how to line up. You know, your first month as a teacher is really exhausting. But once they get the procedures, routines, and habits down, then your whole year is free because they've got it and they're doing it. Now, of course, there are some times you'll have to redirect. Don't get me wrong. But for the most part, it's only super exhausting on the front end. And then it frees you up once they get it. So I just added that in from my experience as a four-year-old teacher. <laughs> so... Um, if they leave their homework out, you know, make sure you're just constantly telling them to put it up um, so that they can be responsible and 
get those hand, handle on that responsible. Now, this podcast is going a little longer than usual, but I want to talk about managing time. The second tip is managing time. You want to help your students learn to manage their time. So for your younger students, I always recommend doing a 24-hour time wheel where you have them put in uh, everything that they do in a day on a, a, a time wheel. Uh, uh, setting limits Oh, on a time wheel. Hold on. Let me go to the... Um, how many hours they sleep, all the non-negotiables, right? How many hours they're in school if they commuting back and forth. If you know that they're on a bus or you drive them back and forth somewhere, that's uh, their what their morning and afternoon routine may look like, right? Let me see if I uh, accidentally skipped something. Yeah. All right. So... They can do a time wheel, has their schedule on it, um, a 24-hour time wheel. And uh, it just helps them understand time a little better and their schedule. Uh, so what happens in the morning? They have about 30 minutes to get ready to get out the door. What happens in the afternoon? What we kind of talked about the study check-in. So they have this amount of time where they have to study check in right before their um, uh, uh, I don't know what that was it she has the letter P and routine wherever that is they uh, got to have you know and they've got to have dinner um, you know just putting all of that information on there filling out your schedule okay let's fill out because Remember, we talked about it, a more complex school, home, work schedule. Um, let's see. Uh, use timers. With a timer, they actually see it put it on five minutes, and they're going to see those five minutes go away. Um, so the visual timer is really good for kids who may have anxiety, or it may give them anxiety, but it once they get a feel for their time, uh, it'll be a lot better. I'm going to skip around here because I'm fixing to do a, a, a review for you of all the things that she talks about because she does talk about quite a bit of stuff. She says for older kids, there's an app that you can access on your phone and on your computer. So it will help them keep track of how long they may be wanting to work on something. Um Scheduling organizing is pretty important. It's kind of the way that you would schedule your study check-in each day. Uh, using a dry erase calendar is, is good. Uh, having a family calendar, Google calendar. And she mentions cozy calendar. Cozy calendar is what I recommend as well. I like the cozy calendar because you can actually uh Set up schedules and routines and habits. You can set everything up on your Cozy app and you can have it assigned to just send you a reminder or it can send, a, uh, if it's an activity that the whole family's involved in, it will send a message to everyone 
or if it's just an activity for your husband or just an activity for the son or daughter or whoever, um, you can send reminders just for the person that it needs to go to. And that includes chores, school, everything. I really recommend you go check out Cozy because you can use that for the whole family. But Google Calendar is pretty good too. You can, uh, everybody can access the same calendar. Now, here's an example of the Cozy app where you could share. This also works very well for co-parenting families so that you can color code and share who's responsible for what. So we already talked about that. Make uh, thinking visible. Um, speaking of making things visible, that is my third tip is to make your thinking visible. And this is going to help you help you manage energy at home. It's going to help your student to manage energy at home and at school as well. If you walk into a classroom, you usually see a lot of things categorized, sorted, and labeled. So that, you know, the necessary areas at home need to be done the same way. There needs to be a place for everything school-related. Um, keep like items together. You want to do as much of that as possible in your home. So if you're home schooling parent, you want to find ways to keep all of your reading materials together, all of your school stuff together. Uh, that's the same thing at home for where you keep things for projects, school projects. Uh, go ahead and get the trifold boards when you're doing your school supply shopping because you know you're going to need them. Um, you know, you don't want to be wasting time asking where things are before they can even start on their school projects. So have all of those things together. Um, it's also important to have one space for all the supplies. All the supplies and I mean like the immediate supplies because you can have all your back stock items in another area out of the way. But a classroom, in a classroom, kids have desks or they have tables with all their supplies right there where they need it because it saves time. It's the same at home. If you have all of the school supplies and everything that they need all together in one place, um, they don't have to hunt everything down before they start homework or a project. Um, and at the end of the day, you put things right back where they were so that they are there for you to get them in when it's necessary. And then breaking big projects into smaller steps. Now, this is going to really help your kids a lot is showing them how to break down a big project into smaller steps. At school, and um, discussions at school, and then they have more reading assignments, and the assignments are broken down. Um, we can take that system and that strategy for all the different content areas. If it's an art project that they are working on this week, what do you think you need to do to get done this week on that project? So you will break down your week, Monday through Friday. Say it's due Friday. 
how much of it do you need to get done on Monday? How much do you need to get it? How do you need to get it done each a little bit each day so that you're not having to spend all day at the last minute to get that project done? You can break it down into Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday and have it done. Now, this is just me. This is uh, at interjecting in my teacher tips. Um, and this is just from me also having a side business. And when I used to teach and have a side business, I would break things down, of course, into Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. But let's say if something had to be done by Friday, I would try to get it done by Thursday so that on Thursday, if I forgot something or missed something, I had Thursday to pull it together if there was any accidents. I call them fires. Not We're not talking about real fires, but we're just talking about you got everything done and then on Thursday, any problems that were missed, anything that needed to be corrected or fixed before it's turned in on Friday, you had Thursday to do that. And guess what? If there was nothing to be fixed on Thursday, then it was some downtime before you have to turn it in. It was some time to just be like, okay, it's done. I'm not going to stress out. Um, now it's, you know, I do what it needs to be done for Friday. Um, so, learning how to break big projects or big assignments or studying for a t big test and knowing how to break it down so that you're not stressed out and you have the time to absorb the information and, and get it done without stressing out and rushing. Um, so, using a very visual way for them to break down those pieces of projects into smaller steps until they reach that larger goal and to keep them, uh, help them make the decision on how to break those projects into smaller steps is where the parent comes in. Um, now, here are, a few, we're going to go on to a few resources. Um, there is some resources that can help you and your child called Smart But Scattered, Raising an Organized Child. These are good resources. Um, Timer Timer is something that, um, let's see, what is it? Build their self-esteem. The uh, I mentioned the Timer Timer. I love you to take a look at that. Learn more about how you could use Time Timer. That's a, another good resource. Um, planners. One is Order Out of Chaos and Primary for your elementary and middle school kids. But there's also a planner called Black Excellence Academic Planner, which is mainly for high schoolers by a woman named Mammy Pack from Mammy Pack Media. Um, that should be a really good planner. She gives kids one different tip as they go through and vocabulary words, but also helps them to manage each week where they can put in those important dates and when they also handling so much more than just their schoolwork. All right, guys, this was a long one, but I hope that it 
you found it very, very helpful. It's This one's going to probably be a, a good hour uh, long because I'm going to go over a little quick review of what we talked about because I know sometimes I get a little bit, uh, I speed through things a little bit, but Organization Strategies for Student Success by Tiffany Blassingham. With over 20 years experience as a teacher and school administrator, Tiffany shares her experience working with families and helping students to be organized. For virtual or homeschool kids, have them clean up their workspace at the end of every day to help develop that good routine, tidying up routine. I'm the mom of a teenager, and so I'm here in the trenches with you, Tiffany says. I've been going through these stages with you and really understand some of the challenges that might be there for students as they get organized. Now, here's what she says. There are many challenges that our students face when trying to get and stay organized. Some of those are the demands of school. The concept of time, electronics, technology, sleep deprivation, and supporting executive function skills. Executive function skills in the elementary age child includes things like tidying a bedroom, performing chores for 15 to 30 minutes, and completing homework assignments. Executive function skills for middle school students include helping with the responsibilities around the home, using a system for organizing schoolwork, and following rules in the absence of visual authority, and all of the above that was mentioned in the elementary. Um, executive function skills in high school, all the above, and following rules and dealing with consequences when broken and drive driving safely. Now, tip one is to create a routine that starts the night before. Set up a go station to gather everything you need to go out the next day. Could be library books, your backpack, um, stuff for your sports and extracurricular. The next uh, set limits around technology have a homework check-in set for a specific time of day every day. Tip two is managing time. Use a 24-hour time wheel for your younger students and a planner page for older students. And tip three is making things visible, categorize, sort, and label. Have one space for all their immediate school needs. All right, guys, this was a long one, but I really do believe if you check out Tiffany and her uh, her information, it will really help you and your child uh, and teachers. Um, if you're a new teacher, these will help you as well um, because as a teacher, you need to coach your students in organization. As a parent, you have to coach your kids for success. All right, guys, I will talk to you on the next one. And thank you for watching. Thank you for listening.